I assume that I know how this works, and I may not. So fully acknowledge that going into this. This is sort of a general disclaimer for all In fact, go back, put that (laughs) at the beginning of every podcast since the beginning of time. Welcome to the TripCast. I'm Mark Halpern of Time Magazine. I'm John Heilman from New York Magazine. Hi, this is Meredith Walker from Amy Poehler's Smart Girls. Hi, this is Austin Mayor Lee Leffingwell. Hi, this is Dave, uh, David Joe Montgomery with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. This is State Representative Terry Canales at Edinburgh, Texas. This is Kiki Friedman, the friendly Jewish cowboy. Hi, this is State Senator Wendy Davis. Elizabeth Graham on Texas Right to Life. This is State Representative Cindy Burkett. This is Renu Katoa. Go Cougs. Go Reeve. I'm Tony Garza, former U.S. Ambassador to Mexico. Jerry Jones, Lance Armstrong, David Dewhurst walk into a bar. And honestly, who could blame them? Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the Tribcast, Mr. Reeve Hamilton. What'll it be, Reeve? Oh! Thank you to everyone who did intros for us this year. This is reporter Reeve Hamilton here with a special edition of the Tribcast looking back at 2013, the year that was. And this year I was joined by assistant managing editor Ian Mitra. Hi. Editor Emily Ramshaw. Hi, everyone. Reporter Nina Satija. Hi, Reeve. Hello. The one and only Ben Philpot. Uh, CEO and Editor-in-Chief Evan Smith. I'm just half asleep. We have Executive Editor Ross Ramsey also here. I feel fine. Reporter Becca Aronson. How's it going? Jim Henson of the Texas Politics Project at the University of Texas at Austin. Hi, Reed. Managing Editor Brandy Grissom. Good morning. Kate Galbraith. Yes. Jay Root. Hello there. Amon Bethesia. Hi. Fellow reporter Julian Aguilar. Hello. And Alana Rocha. Hello. Of course, probably the biggest news item of the year at least in the political world, was Wendy Davis's filibuster. So let's just fast forward to that, which was in the first special session this summer. If you remember, put yourself in the mindset of the filibuster. She was ultimately scuttled by points of order, and her final one was on the issue of germaneness. And because the topic she was discussing seemed to be very germane to many observers, we found ourselves wondering what exactly had happened Let's listen now. The bill is about abortion. I couldn't figure out how they legitimately could claim that Roe versus Wade on the one hand, right. the discussion of the sonogram bill on the other hand, or the discussion of RU486 on the third hand, was not germane to the topic. The first two, the argument was, I'm not taking the side, but the, the first two, the argument was this bill does not address sonograms. This bill does not address oh, no, no, no. this bill. The no, way no, that context. they ruled, though, but, is that Whit, uh, that Wendy made a, had a sentence that she said there was something to the effect of, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this other law. Like she, she recognized that she was talking about a different law in a right. sentence, and that's how they made the germaneness ruling germaneness based is on that en- one phrase. Germaneness is entirely discretionary. It's yeah. entirely well, exactly. A, but I'm just already. saying that's a so, sentence that they pointed so, to. So the thing here was this. The, you know, the first thing you noticed about this filibuster that was odd was that there were other senators in the room. A standard. It's a commonplace when there's a filibuster. It's the senator who's doing the filibuster. Clear maybe out. a friendly other senator asking questions. Somebody in the chair and everybody else in the Senate lounge drinking or, or eating pretzels or whatever it is they do back there. 
And so one thing that was notable here was that the other senators were in the room, and they were bird-dogging this thing for mistakes. So everybody's on high alert. The second thing here that was really unusual in a Texas debate, it's happened once in a federal debate with Rand Paul, so this is the first long, extended Texas debate in the age of social media. and That's the difference, and, honestly. And, and there was all of this, there's this weird feedback loop where they were saying things, everybody was watching it in real time. You know, filibusters are the kind of things you used to read about in the next day's paper. Senator so-and-so that you've never heard of is talking about an issue you've never talked about. Um, so... You know, one so that's one piece of it. The other one is that there's this running commentary. Everybody's watching it in real time. They're commenting on it in real time, and the people who are conducting the debate or the filibuster are reading the commentary and the goading in real in time. In real time, it's this. It's this well, whole. And, and at no loop. point was the degree to which the modern world visited itself upon this whole process more evident right. than when, after this was all said and done, TLO put out the initial vote sheet that said six twenty six. And then nine minutes later, revised it and put out a vote sheet that said 625. And anybody within 50 paces of a computer screen grabbed the first vote sheet and screen grabbed the second vote sheet and posted it and said, something is fishy. Here we go. You know, right. in the days when Craddock was accused of being heavy-handed and all the stuff that he did 10 years ago, we didn't have uh, Twitter. We didn't have all the tools available to us. Accountability was more to remove. And only, and only, and only about 1,000 people were watching that in real time. Because we didn't have video feeds, we didn't have all of this other stuff. So apparently we're going to be back for another session. What happened? Special session July, July 1st. July 1st, abortion, transportation, and juvenile justice. As we're sitting right here, Governor Perry just called a special session just thought we for should Monday. mention it. Right. <laughs> throw that in. Okay. Um, so, so we're back. We'll get to have more of these lovely discussions, probably. Think they'll be more organized? Well, I would think so. And they've got 30 days to do it this days. time instead of two weeks. And, um you know, maybe. I mean, I think the question is how much national attention is the abortion debate going to get on the second time around when it's so much easier for them to get it done? Well, does the crowd come back? Yeah. I mean, it really is interesting. You know, when you get activists stirred up on something, you know, are they momentarily stirred up or are they stirred up for a while? Um, so and what's going to happen to Wendy Davis's flame if she can't kill it again? Of course, we now know the answers to some of those questions. Uh, Wendy Davis obviously went on to run for governor, and the crowd did come back during the second special session. But one of the big questions was, what did they bring with them? There were allegations that they brought, uh, well, we'll say it in the segment. Let's get right into it. And if you have kids listening, this might be a good time to cover their ears. This lingering question from the first special session about the, uh, can we say shit on the podcast Evan, you Evan can't say shit did. on the podcast plus, so. plus was it the first or the second i think it was the was it number se- one or number two <laughs> i think it was special session number two no. Reeve. It, it was the session that failed on a filibuster the, no i thought that the, no, the, the, actually, the poop was right. on special was, session number, number two. two i was associating it with the filibuster poop but it was is the, always number two reeve it was the post filibuster protests that included the poop yes correct it was se- special session number two uh, so, because it was when the bill passed. Here's so, right? so, this is great. Yes. How many people are going to wreck their cars listening to this? So there are lingering questions about whether or not whether or not this stuff existed. Right? The DPS put out a statement saying that uh, they had confiscated these jars of urine and feces. They didn't say confiscated. They said they had. They said identified. That, yeah, they said that they had identified, and and the and the fact that they came around and called everybody and said we didn't say confiscated was we don't have any evidence. So so presumably people walked up to the gate, whether it was the the doors of the Capitol or they got through those and got the these jars all the way to the doors 
of the Senate. And it was a TSA thing where basically, you know, you can't bring three ounces of that in here. <laughs> well, okay. and, 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 and David Simpson's so, going to so, be So they basically said, look, you can turn around and leave or you can, you can put your shit over here. And the people, and the people had, who had these great poop-flinging plans thought, oh, screw it. Okay. It's not worth it Let anymore. Let me ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> For starters, for let's say you bring a jar of feces to the Senate. <laughs> just presume. <laughs> Do you, you you don't just get that confiscated? You wouldn't you get arrested? Yeah, that's. I mean, this I was mean, the problem with the thing is that you really you can walk in you so can really, walk into the Capitol. Just turn people away if they did that. What are the what are what are the laws against carrying around jars of your own feces? Uh, I'm, if you know, well, I'd like to yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please send it to number two <laughs> at Texas right. Tribune. You know, I'm going to interject the story here. Okay, Gary Cartwright from Texas Monthly years ago wrote an unflattering story about Bob Bullock. Bob Bullock sent a shoebox full of his own feces, or presumably it was his own feces, could have been somebody else's. You didn't test it. To Texas Monthly, to Gary Cartwright. Nice. The lieutenant governor of the state of Texas. So, you know, who started the whole feces war on this, right? I mean, it's it, it goes back a long way. He, he, sent, a, he sent a jar of raw oysters to Sam Kinch once for writing about his hemorrhoids. He did? Yeah. <laughs> did, he, great. did he send it via the Postal Service? Uh, I don't This remember. is like the miracle on 34th Street. Well, also – oh, well, I was going to say the other complicating factor in all this is that you know we've re- we have now all these text messages that were sent between the lieutenant governor's office and DPS. And there is a text message from a DPS officer to the lieutenant governor's office saying that – you know they confirming that they have these bottles of uh, – you know a bottle of feces or urine. But then, you know, Dewhurst made a statement to some Tea Party group that he saw DPS officers sniffing some, you know, <laughs> jar of urine. Well, that. I thought he said bags. He said bags, bags was an issue bags because of feces. people had previously said jars. So he would, but he said he saw DPS officers sniffing urine is what he told this tea, this tea Party group. And then later his office says, well, maybe not, but he did see the bags, you know, that were allegedly it's not carried. exactly there the army be all you can jars. be. Is it's no, <laughs> you don't know. Well, you, don't, you don't know either. <laughs> That's this is the point. So, so the problem, the problem here is that there's no chain of evidence, and and yeah. there are all of these political there's no allegations. There's trail, basically. There, there's right, yeah. no, all these allegations is, going back and, and forth. And if there is, DPS has asked the AG's office to let them keep it secret. But right. w- what why? The, but what are the what are the poop truthers really want? Like, what do they want to see? They won't be satisfied until a literal jar of poop is presented to them. I mean, like, why would a DPS officer in the middle of the night text message Dewhurst people being like, "Poop alert," just for fun? Yeah. Does, but the, 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 how did the D, I would like to know? Did the DPS have mobile lab facilities in the Capitol? How did they know no. that it was urine or poop? Well, even if it was fake urine or poop, it has <laughs> well, maybe it was effect. a Baby even, Ruth bar, like in Caddyshack. Even now, our how did they is know? Now. How did they yeah, know? Man, come on, I mean, maybe it was apple juice. No, I mean no. honestly, th- this is. A, I think there's actually something material here. Well, there were 18. This jars. is something material, allegedly. Well, there we were. Even know how many there were. They, there say, were, they said they said eighteen release. jars of feces, one jar of urine. That I was really, the original press release. They said they did not confiscate it. I think feces so is pretty identifiable. The, the, the problem here is that the <laughs> no, problem here kids. keeps coming back up. I There's do. no chain of evidence here. You I, can't I prove it, and so it just becomes this classic circular argument with one side saying, you know, it's yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and it, and we've been doing it for three weeks. So I that, want to know well, why there is not a single. This is one of the most photographed events at the Capitol in more than 20 years. I've been watching the Capitol. This is not an ordinary day. Plus, there were Why is there not a single 
photograph of anything. Also, there were hundreds of photos Why? of tampons being taken right. out of women's bags. Where? So, I mean, photographers were basically the standing evidence? right there. Why do people? I, I don't know that the ultimate result of this is anything controversial, but the the it's like the cover up is always worse than the crime. I don't care whether they confiscated it. I do care whether they can prove that it ever existed because in the absence of proof, all it's doing is causing the poop truthers to press the issue. But why do you and the poop truthers care so much? Why does I it matter? I am not a poop truther. Let's be, <laughs> Wait, let's let be clear about that. Let me tell you why they care. Because, pun intended, they're getting smeared. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ultimately, no evidence was really produced that there was excrement at the Capitol that evening. But moving right along... One of the buzziest stories this year was probably a phone call made by Lieutenant Governor David Dewhurst to the Allen Police Department. Let's check in on that situation. Uh, who wants to fill us in on what exactly the sudden relevance of the Allen Police Department is to people outside of Allen, Texas? I would be honored. All right. Uh, so apparently David Dewhurst has a very far-fetched relative. Somebody's... Was far-fetched? She's <laughs> <laughs> a, a unicorn. Far, I have some far-fetched relatives myself. <laughs> she is the his sister-in-law's... Fill in the blank niece. here. Niece. Sister-in-law's niece, apparently, is that right? was arrested... It's, it's, he described her as a step-niece-in-law. Step-niece-in-law. Step-um-niece-in-law. Far-flung relative, maybe, uh, who was arrested. (laughs) (laughs) She was arrested for allegedly shoplifting at a grocery store uh, in North Texas, Um, and she was booked. And around the time that she was booked by the Allen Police Department or sheriff's uh, Collin County Sheriff, uh, Dewhurst made a phone call. David Dewhurst, the lieutenant governor, made a phone call to the Allen Police Department. And that's sort of how he introduced himself on this phone call several times. Uh, Lieutenant governor of the state of Texas. He was very careful to say, you know, you all should do what you are supposed to do. Um, You know, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. But, oh, by the way, I'm sure this woman is innocent. And can you please help? me get her out of jail. Uh, He also did um, add some choice lines to this, I think, 12-minute recording that would probably make any of his opponents jump for joy. Lines like, you know, I am the number one pick of all law enforcement in Texas. Lines uh, like, you know, could you please give me your supervisor's phone number? Can you give me the sheriff's phone number? Clearly that were meant, um, if not to to persuade this lieutenant on the phone or sergeant on the phone um, to indicate, you know, please make sure you know who I am and that I'm and that I'm asking these questions. Is that a good rundown? Yeah, it was. You know, it was. There's sort of two things about this. He shouldn't have made the phone call. You know, he. If you're going to lawyers if, are for. If you're going to do this right, this is what. This is why you have minions. Right. Right. Um, Ross has gotten me out of jail many times. A, He's never made the call himself. A, yeah, right. He always know. made me make the right, call. Exactly. And I left you there. Somebody, <laughs> Reeves in jail again. Um, we know all those guys' phone numbers by now, though. Um, a, he shouldn't have made the call, and B, he was particularly bad at this. He was, like, unpersuasive and ineffective, and, you know, it just didn't work. I mean, he was hardly a fixer here. It, it just made it worse and worse. So she ended up staying in jail all night because that didn't work, and he ends up with um, writing um, TV ads for Dan Patrick and Todd Staples and Jerry Patterson. You know, they don't have to and do any more. Texas they have, Democrats. They have to find <laughs> Whoever some, they are. All they got to do is find some pictures to put over the audio. It's It's – Really, really embarrassing. It's just like the oldest rule in the book, you know. I mean, you mu- you know you're being recorded, obviously, because you're calling a police department. Um, Don't give anyone that kind of fodder. 
I, I, he obviously didn't think it through all of that. Can you, know? you can you not cut him some slack just as a sort of frustrated and concerned step uncle in law that wanted? I, I don't I don't think he was out of line. You know, I don't think you're out of line. You know, calling calling the police to try to get to get a relative out of a jam or having somebody else around you call police to get somebody out of a jam. But the whole you know I'm the you know. Uh, Todd Staples had a great tweet in this, you know, from Ron Burgundy. Um, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Um, making that, you know, I'm kind of a big deal call. Do you know who I am call? It's just, it's just dumb. So does, it, I mean, I think Dan Patrick accused him of sort of an abuse of power. Does it really rise to the level or is the crime more just sort of being outed as a bumbler? Well, I think that it's really funny. A lot of the complaints I've heard is not that he made the call, but that he was so bad at it. There was one person <laughs> who said, you know, that this is not how... Um, Lieutenant Governor Bullock would have handled a phone call. Somebody else, yeah, he did. would have been the one in jail. Well, no, somebody no, else no, then yeah, tweeted. Or, or somebody Tony, else then tweeted that none of the sheriffs uh, would have been dumb enough to arrest a relative of Bullock's back in the day. But well, and Bullock had seven seventeen people who would have been at the police department before Bullock even knew about it. <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with making the call if you're in a position of authority and you care about your family. You're going to do what anybody else does. I well, just think it was that he, you know, was clearly name dropping. He said, you know, I'm going to have DPS. I'm going to have Steve McCraw, you know, call and confirm right. my identity, which is also to me very name droppy. And again, the nail in the coffin is the line about, you know, I'm the number one pick of all the law enforcement, which is clearly like, you know, I've been good to you guys. You should be good to me. That's not clear. I sort yeah. of agree with the line that, you know, the, the his mistake was when he uttered the words lieutenant governor of Texas, mm. that everything else was fine. Hi, this is David Dewhurst. I've got a relative in jail. I'd like to see how to get her out. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. That's all legit. And everybody yeah. would sort of go, yeah, I get that. You know, I'm a big deal starts down the wrong road. And yeah. it just it was so tortuous. It was 12 mm-hmm. long, long minutes, you know. Um, well, we don't need to spend that much time right. on it then. Well, we already have maybe. <laughs> yeah. But on to more serious matters. Wendy Davis was not the only Texas politician to make a name for themselves by standing up and talking for hours. That honor, of course, also goes to U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, who had his own filibuster, or was it a folibuster? before the government shut down. As we record this, Ted Cruz has been talking all night, but it's not a filibuster under the rules or whatever. But, you know, he's getting the same amount of attention, same effect, bringing attention to his thing, bringing attention to himself, probably raising a yeah. bucket load of money. Does it matter whether it's actually a filibuster? Does it matter whether the outcome of all this is preordained? It's effective. So why is this? He's left three quarters of an inch out of his tie at last check. It kind of it's it's drooping slowly. His eyes are slit. His eyes are now down to slits. Basically, I think he's quite tired. He doesn't know how to. You know, know. he doesn't know how to ruffle himself. He he should be pretty robust for someone who's been collar points sticking up and you know wrinkled shirt by now. Don't you think? You know, for um, for Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Jimmy Stewart uh, coated his throat with mercury so that he would sound like he'd been talking all night. Wow. There's an idea. Uh, uh, not, it's not recommended. Actually, that's not what Ted Cruz did. He just actually talked all night. Surrounded himself with mailbags. So why is this not a filibuster? It's not a filibuster because it's just because they, the rules. You know, if you're if you're filibustering, you're delaying a procedural thing, and this doesn't delay anything. It's not a motion that can be filibustered. In fact, it was pre-negotiated, right? Right. So they set it up. So they said, yeah, you can talk. Cock your head off. Um, and they figured that I guess Harry Reid figures that he'll drop. Well in time for the Senate to consider this and send it back to the House. Well, they they have to. He's planning on it. The new new right, uh, legislative day, right. a phrase that we haven't heard since the, the since, special since session. Since the last right. legislative day. Right. Um, a new legislative day begins at noon Eastern. 
And so the fil- the filibuster that's not a filibuster technically, I think, comes to an end at that point. And, and Cruz was allowing as such a little while ago. He was in a discussion with uh, Dick Durbin on the floor, and right. it was taking longer than he wanted it to. And he said, look, we got to do this faster because we, I'm running out of time. He's acknowledging, basically, that there's an end time to this. So, uh, uh, so is, there, is there a point to all of this other than just uh, theatrics? It draws attention to the thing that he wants to draw attention to. It's the same thing Wendy Davis did in June. You're going to lose, and you know you're going to lose when you stand up, but you're going to bring attention to it and maybe, you know, innervate your crowd and, and maybe accidentally the other side, but bring attention to the thing that you don't think is getting enough attention. Cruz doesn't think that Obamacare will survive in daylight, so he wants to pull it into daylight, and that's what this is about. No, that's – I mean, a lot of – obviously, this has drawn a lot of comparisons to Wendy Davis, uh, but like you just did. To argue, people have tried to argue that they're not – um, similar. I think they are very I think they're similar. they're extremely similar. I hear the same kind of whining right now from my liberal friends that I was hearing from my conservative friends in June. It's like, how? Ah, this isn't working. Why are they doing this? It's a waste of time and tax money and blah, blah, blah. No, but I, I, I do think that there's, there's a difference between the inevitability that Cruz is dealing with now and Wendy Davis's inevitability. Why? Because Cruz, actually, there's, there's no... He doesn't actually create a need for any further legislative action. Wendy Davis actually got to the end of a session. There was not, it was not 100% guaranteed the new session would be called. Oh, well, yes, doesn't, it was. I mean, it is theoretically, but it, you well, you're exa- the governor you're, doesn't have to. You're right that it's not 100% the same. I mean, he's wearing black sneakers or argument boots or whatever it is, and she obviously wore those he's sneakers. He's not wearing and, argument boots. You know, um, it's not clear whether he's catheterized, a, a detail that I may want to leave oh, to history. Well, he's got to be. But I'm assuming he is. It's although been 20 you know, hours. but here's the thing, Mark. I was I think up. Ted this, Cruz. I was a, up. Is a strong-willed individual. I was up this morning, very very early, and w- watched Marco Rubio like from five to five thirty, and Cruz was either off the floor, peeing or doing whatever, you know, uh, combing his hair. I mean, whatever he was doing. But it was clear to me that there was an opportunity with other people on the floor for him to slip out and go to the bathroom. And I don't think that the procedural uh, requirements were right. such that he had to remain. He's not allowed to – he's, thing he's, is, he's is, not no. a filibuster. He's not, he's a filibuster. not following filibuster. filibuster rules and you don't have to stay on so, the floor. So there are aspects of it that are not the same. But, but here's I, – I think what Ross said is exactly right. E- each of them had a cause. That Somebody take that when passion. he says that. Mm-hmm. Each of them had a cause, Repeat. you know, incre- incredibly passionate about the cause. Um, e- each decided to, to make this stand – and invariably, it was part sincerity and part grandstanding, as the very best of these sorts of deals are. But 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 and, Wendy and Davis. At the end, they become celebrities uh, with a much larger brand than they had going in the door, and the haters will hate. Right. And the, and the worst in the opponents will come out, and the supporters will be ever more supportive. And I think that contrary to what's been said, I listened to Morning Joe today, and they were all saying, oh, you know, this is terrible for Cruz's future political prospects. I believe the opposite is true. I think this, this is enhances, like a for the people that it like enhances him? his prospects. He gets to go out into a presidential campaign theoretically and say, I was literally the last one standing with you. Right. I think what's fascinating about comparing the Wendy Davis filibuster to Cruz is how much pressure there was on the Wendy Davis filibuster versus this one. I mean, Cruz, yes, you know, he stood up all night long, but he could read Green Eggs and Ham and he could talk about Ashton Kutcher. You know, I mean, Wendy Davis was like basically had a room full of people waiting to trip her up at every single move. Well, this- That's a totally different kind of dialogue. That- Those were just a few of the big stories from 2013 and as you listen to us discuss them, I'm sure you notice that we have a tendency to get off topic in ways that are often 
completely random and occasionally vulgar. And for a little bit of uh, levity, let's review some of those times. Just, just hearing that? Wendy Davis's yeah. voice makes me want Rodney Ellis to adjust my back brace. Well, that's what that's what Evan Smith sounds like if you slow it down to one third speed. That's right. <laughs> Is that right? Like I've been drinking cough syrup. Well, he does have that New York accent. I don't know if you could. What's sense the name it. of that rap singer who died from the cough syrup in Houston? You're all alone. Am I all alone? What's the name of that? No, DJ, that was his name. DJ, DJ Screw. DJ, DJ Screw. Uh, Coffee Cough. We should, we should have gotten. No, shut up, Ben. <laughs> And then you got Staples and Patterson, you know, banging against Dewhurst for lieutenant governor and very possibly <laughs> Stop laughing. What? <laughs> banging against <laughs> Todd. That's not just, just finish. Just finish. You have Staples and Patterson. <laughs> you guys. This is like third grade in here. I think we're about we're about out of time. Do you want to finish that thought? The tape ran out. <laughs> he won't be banging against Lamar Smith anytime soon. If you have questions or comments, oh God, if, you, if you have any like quadruple entendres that you want to bring up, you want to bang against yes. Evan? Give us a call. <laughs> Silence. Yeah, that offer's always out there. We never get any calls. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss Reeve. You know? <laughs> One of my personal favorite TribCast moments this year was when we did our live TribCast at the Texas Tribune Festival in September. We had Shiny Ribs, who does our theme song, came and played with us. But we did not actually play for the podcast listeners all the songs that they recorded while they were there. So here's a little treat for everyone. But before we listen to them play, I'd just like to encourage you all to email Tribcast at texastribune.org with any questions or comments. Review us on iTunes and, you know, come back and listen in 2014. Thanks for joining us this year. Shiny Ribs, good to be with y'all this morning. Take you back to the gay 90s now, the gay 90s. A much simpler time, a time of innocence. Bill Clinton, Jerry Seinfeld. Two live crew and these three lovely ladies from Atlanta, Georgia. Lonely mother looking out of a window, looking out of sun, she just can't touch. Anytime he's in a jam, she'll be by his side, but he don't realize that it's summer. All of friends. Don't chase him on the fire He's just to the river And I look at 
I feel like I must have hit Plus, my head on the way in here. I, this, this whole thing is making no sense to me.